Hi, everyone, and welcome to a bonus episode of In the Trenches, a podcast about responsive learning experience design. I'm Eric Ward, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Mike Vanderpool. Today, we recap the Ohio Leads Virtual Summit 2020 with Lisa Schaller and Keith Instone. Let's get to the show. All right. Hey, everybody. Hey, Mike. How's it going? It is going well. It was a long week. Um, but here we are. Looks like we made it. Uh, Ohio Leads Virtual Summit 2020 uh, closed out today with a with a rounding game of fibbage. We were, had some sessions talking about student activities, you know, stuff outside the classroom, and we ended with a, a fun a fun uh, fun game. Yeah, it was a great four days. Um, I mean, I think every day had a little different flavor to it, but I think they all. I mean, you know. People stuck with the entire four days. I was I was really impressed with the turnout and the stick to itiveness of everybody. Right? Because yeah, can, for sure. Hey, sitting sitting in front of Zoom, but the conversations were great. Um, you know, so yeah, I think I think it was a success. Thanks for putting that together, Michael. Yeah, it was obviously a team effort. You know, I can laundry list everybody again, but legitimately, there was a lot of people doing a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, and the best part about it is most of them were students. Or, or recent graduates. So I think to, for me, that's always going to be the thing. Like the more we can get these, these kids doing things, being involved and in, in leading or being part of things, that just makes, it, that makes our job when we get older that much easier. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Keith, what was, uh, what was one of your main takeaways for the week? Yeah, definitely that was a, a good topic, right? We, we kept the energy up. Um, over the over the over the different days people were engaged so there was lots of um, lots of things that people wanted to share so I you know I noticed things like uh, today when we had we, when we hit the well-being and the recruiting right those were sort of new angles to the same story and that sort of generated some new energy right so mm-hmm. so we were like oh we sort of talked about that before we talked about how to you know how to engage students and so on but wait we're, we're doing it again with a, with a slightly new angle a little bit more energy right so it didn't feel like we were totally repeating ourselves and going down worn paths but we were exploring it again and that got you know you invited some more people like on the recruiting side and so on right so that mm-hmm. um, sort of added some added some new people to the conversation um, but we weren't just totally repeating and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just complaining about the same thing again. And I think Ward, that was kind of, you know, I made an assumption when we structured the days, you know, that communication day one, day to day two, in class day three and out of class day four. And I, you know, anecdotally, I think the, that assumption proved to be a good, good ordering. It seemed to have a nice flow and nice connection. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, and I agree with Keith. One of the nice things about it, though, is that they were, I mean, they were discreet. And we talked about, you know, I think it flowed well, but there was, you know, themes that ran through the entire four days, which was, which was kind of cool. And, you know, Keith, to your point, we got to explore them from different angles, yeah. which I think was, uh, I think that was pretty, pretty cool. So, you know, very useful. I think, you know, there's something for everyone, right? Whether you're a faculty member, administration, a student, you know, somebody on the tech team or whatever. So that was, uh, that was good. Alex, what about you? What, what's, uh, what's one of your big takeaways from the week? Um, I think I flourished the most with the communication and data. I think I, you could say, Mike, that the data conversation, we both found fairly promising, fairly interesting, especially um, when we got to talk about 
even though Eric's presentation was about how it usually benefit, how data can benefit, you know, different companies, how can it still benefit education? And we had a good conversation on, you know, kind of understanding the restrictions that we have on using data, but then coming up still with some ideas of how we can do it. And to be honest, I wasn't sure if, if we would have any ideas of how to use it. So that was in itself very promising. Yeah. One of the things I, I talked to, to Mike, you know, Mike, you and I talked about after that day, one of the things I appreciate about um, when we talk about data and educational field, I mean, we do have restrictions, but also, I mean, there's a genuine concern about ethics, right? Because when you start collecting data, no matter where it is, whether it's Target or Walmart or, or a, a college or whatever it is, there's ethics involved. And that's one of the things, there's a strong ethics framework in the education space that really, I think, guides things. And, and I, I appreciated that part of the conversation a lot. I thought that was great. So, Lisa, how about you? What, uh, what was one of your big takeaways for the week? The big takeaway that I got is when the students expressed what works for them, what doesn't, how they can bring themselves in, how we can adjust to them, you know, the problems they're going through. That really opened me to say, as a teacher, I got to turn around and look at their side of point of view. Even though I have a K through 12 kid, it's different when you come on the student side of the table and what they're encountering, what we have to address to empower them. And Alex, that was another theme that came through too. We both said student empowerment and giving them a choice in the actions, you know, giving them a voice in the say and helping them design and frame where we're going to go for the future. It's, it's going to be their hands someday. So we got to start building it for them to take it over. And that was two of the big things that I took off, Eric. It was great all around. Yeah, agreed. You know, one of the things that I got, um, you know, from the student day was where are these meta skills that we talk about, right? So some of the things we, you know, we talk, you know, Vanderpool, you and I talk because we've, we've worked together a lot on, you know, kind of more vocational kinds of things, right? Coding boot camps and those kinds of things. And we build those in, those professional skills, because it's, it's a, you know, zero to 60 at the end, we expect you to have those, those skills. But, you know, a lot of times, especially when we move online, right? We, you know, maybe we have, I, I'll speak for myself, maybe there's a little bit of expert blind spot in there. It's like, well, why can't you use this tool or why don't you use your email or how come you can't work in groups? And it's because we haven't taught them how, right? And so we need to, we need to teach those meta skills as, along with the specific skills of whatever class we're in to prepare them to be able to, you know, be professionals in, in whatever field they're going into. And, you know, just that was a, a big takeaway for me is just keep that in mind at all times. Um, you know, because, you know, just because, you know, the, probably the reason they're not doing what you want them to do is because nobody's shown them how to do what you want them to do. And it's, yeah. it's on us to, to teach that. So uh, that was a, a and I, I enjoyed, I think the student day for me was my favorite day. I mean, I, I love listening to the data stuff, but I've heard wise talk a lot. So, um, <laughs> you know, you know, we, we go back a long ways, but um, I think the student, I, I just, you know, I think that session, Mike, if we can, if we can get that out and, and kind of slice that and publish that in different pieces, that's going to be useful for a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of great information there. Well, and again, even, you know, there, there's great information there, but I think I said this yesterday. Uh, we've got a new group of people coming into our, we're, we are so fortunate in academia. We have new ideas, new perspectives coming onto our campus every single year. I mean, there is so much value there 
that I think sometimes we don't even realize that we have. And, and maybe that sharing that conversation will, will spark some, some people in leadership positions in academia to be like, you know what, we really need to start thinking about these people, not only because they're obviously our, our customers, and I know some people don't like to use that word when we talk about students, um, but they're also the people who are going to run this thing someday. We have to start listening to them. The sooner we get them involved in the in solving the problems that we're facing, I, I don't see a downside to it in all honesty. Right. right. Here's an idea. Sorry, didn't mean to cut stuff on you, Eric. No, no, go ahead. Here's an idea. Why don't start out each semester, maybe the second weekend, do a couple different Zoom chats, depending on the size of your class. How do you guys want to structure the rest of the semester out, guys? Give me some of your input. Ask for their input and see how they want to structure the class. Build it right in your class. See where they need to go from there. You well, I think that. part of that, right, that initial conversation and when we talk about being able to teach people things and then for them to learn things, we can't measure learning if we don't know where they're at. And we can't, we don't know what metaphors to use trying to present models for things if we don't know what metaphor if we don't have a, an understanding of the, the background experience to know of our students and what might actually resonate with them so yeah i mean even if lisa it's just kind of a not even giving them free reign of design but like hey what do you want to get out of this why are you here i mean that's a question i think we need to ask everybody why are you actually here and if the answer is because my mom and dad said so i'm cool with that because at least i can use that but if i don't know i'm just going to deliver content under the assumption that you're here to spend the rest of your life in the academy. Right. Well, and Mike, I think the other thing would be, you know, to go to kind of piggyback on that, Lisa, is maybe, you know, in addition to what are your motivations, but then, you know, just a survey on your comfort level with some of the things you're going to use in class, like Zoom, yeah. like, you know, um, you know, discussion forums, Slack, whatever it's going to be, communication, because then that gives you a level set of, you know, how much you need to, to teach those meta skills and how many of those meta skills that they already have, which can really affect the way the, the class goes, right? Well, I don't know, you guys have had experience in the classroom where as an instructor, you, you go through a whole thing and everybody's like, yeah, we already knew that. And I'm just like, well, then, but they won't speak up, right? They won't tell you that. They, they, they don't want to interfere with you doing your job and professoring. Right. Uh, right. But, you know, and, and, you know, maybe that that's another thing to, you know, if, if you do have that kind of pre-survey and post-survey, and then, you know, getting back to data, I mean, over time, right, you would hope that as they progress through, um, you know, their first year, second year, and if you're a four-year institution, third and fourth year, um, you would hope that, you know, after their first year, right, their, their, survey, their survey answers coming into a, a particular course would be that, hey, we already have those meta skills, right? We, we, we learned them. You'd hope that they get better and better over time. And then, you know, you could, you know, then, you know, again, you can kind of track that. But I think the other thing for me that that speaks to is, and you know, I'm not in academia per se, like, you know, you are Mike, it feels like there is a structure missing for, you know, again, aggregating these kinds of meta, you know, meta skills across disciplines. And then as well, you know, trying to take all these good ideas, you know, like these great ideas, Lisa, that you had in your class and what worked for you and aggregating them up and then distributing them across, you know, across the campus, it seems like that's a critical missing function. And it, and it really straddles the, the world between administration and faculty, right? 
And, you know, and it, but it's, it, with, without that, it feels like we're, we're going to be stuck in these, we're going to have these pockets of great success, but we're also going to have, you know, it's going to be up to people like you, Lisa and Mike, you know, that are on campus that know these things to just kind of spearhead them. And then we're back into that lone wolf kind of, kind of setting. So I, I don't know how to, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on how to address that? I think it really has to be part of the onboarding process. No offense to some of the, um, for lack of a better word, dinosaurs in, 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 in the space. Um, but it's got, it's hard to change a culture or change somebody's viewpoint, right? If they've been cemented in it 20, 30, 40 years. Sure. Um, but the new people that come in, uh, I know our institution, I'm free to say this, we just have to do a better job of onboarding our people. And making faculty feel like the you're here to share and learn and grow. And at least I don't know what it's like at BG, but I think my time there, you know, sim similar vibe, right? Like yeah. they, they just kind of throw you to the wolves, even, even as a grad assistant, right? They just like, hey, here, go do something. I'm like, okay, I guess. But if you, but if you remember, Mike, back eight years ago when we were both grads doing grad school, you and I would collaborate on things and then yeah. you and I would make a group and then move out from there. And that's what I think it is, is finding somebody that ticks with you at your yeah. faculty. It doesn't have to be in the same major or whatever. Mike and I are totally separate. Lisa, let's think about building a studio. Mike, why don't you come down and video my students working? The collaboration point and then from there, it has to be infectious and, and fall out from there. Pull other people in on the team. My best thing is saying, you know, you have a table full of people. You got to pick the best out of each person you have at the table and build a better product. I'm sorry, it's a product. Mike, I'm like you. We yeah. are not a product for an end user consumer. Right. Well, you know, I, I think the thing that, um, you know, I, I mean, I think it has to be that, but I think there also has to be to make systemic change, right? It can't be personality driven. I mean, right. you know, I know Mike. Mike. Mike does crazy things like put on virtual summits and work with people and collaborate and do those things. Lisa, it sounds like you're the same way, right? You're going to find the right people to find the right solution for what you're doing, but not everybody is that way. Right. Even if the system makes it hard to do, you two will figure it out anyway. You guys will right? figure it out, right. But not everybody can create their own subculture within the system, right? So. Yeah. Right. Well, Mike, you're subversive. That We know that. Right. Okay. So, and, and, but, and that's good, but, but, you know, to, to make it, you know, systematic, right. You know, I think, I think it's an, and you have to have people yeah. like you guys on campus doing creative things, but then you have to have a mechanism to make it really easy for you to share those best practices and learnings with people who might not be as, you know, willing to, to, to just do that and try new things. And, and really it's design of the system, right? Because it's, it's similar to what we talked about with, with students and we want students to be autonomous. You're not going to learn how to be autonomous if, I just say, hey, go be autonomous, right? There's some right. scaffolding and some showing there. So I think that's part of the, the design for us when we're in the space of education. Best, best case scenario, or at least easiest thing we could probably do is if everybody had a, a teaching journal that was like a blog post that was maybe privately shared amongst everybody. Just right. so you could kind of see what some of the struggles were people were going through or successes they were having. And that might spark, spark a conversation. But we just don't share if, as faculty, we just do not share and it's, it's, it's in the long run hurting us. Right. Yeah. But, but again, I, when I talk to faculty about it, it's like, well, I'm busy, right? I've got a stack of papers yep. to grade and I've got this, I've got this certification. If my students 
you know, don't know the things on the test, then I failed as a teacher, right? Yeah. And there's, there's not as much time for me to be the life coach and to talk about empowerment and everything because there's too much, too much focus on passing the damn test, right? So yeah. again, there are parts of the system that would they like, oh, you mean I got an extra two weeks that I can be creative? There, you'll be surprised that some of the other faculty would be creative in those two yeah. weeks. Yes, some would take the two weeks off, but other ones would, would surprise you. Yeah. Well, and Alex, you know, I, I spent, uh, I spent a couple of years um, teaching high school and, you know, one of the things I've noticed that it may be in, and might call me out on this if I'm wrong, but You're one, wrong. Of the things, oh, one of the sorry. things at K-12 is that, you know, the tech directors are, yes, certainly involved in the tech, but also involved in how the tech, you know, is used in the classroom and there's more direction there. It seems like in K-12, there's a piece there. Now, K-12, as we've talked about over this week, has a lot of other complicating factors with technology and, and those kinds of things. But it feels like that function is there that, you know, if you need, uh, you know, whatever it would be, whatever technology, whatever, you know, kind of, you know, what, whether it be, you know, a smart board or, you know, Google Classroom or Schoology or whatever it is, right? There's a resource there that can disseminate best practices across the faculty. Yeah. Um, My... and it feels like it's missing in, in, in higher ed. Yeah, my job description as technology coordinator specifically says to drive innovation regarding technology and training in all buildings that I oversee. So yeah, now that's hard <laughs> when you have teachers. Right. Like when we're right now, we're moving to Google Drive instead of we are retiring our legacy storage system. We're moving to Google Drive, and I have teachers say, "Well, I have thirty years of material," and I'm like, "Well, no, you don't." But you get the point, and mm -hmm. that's the biggest challenge, I think, regardless of K-12 or otherwise. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think we've got, like, some teaching and learning stuff in our LMS somewhere. I don't know where, you know. Like, and, and honestly, Vanderpool, if you don't know where it is, I imagine nobody does. Yeah, I mean, I could probably find it if I, if I looked, but I don't have the time. And I think that's the same thing with the students. Like, we just have to make it easy to find what people need when they need it. The design of our system doesn't really do that, the, or how we have our things designed, right? Like, like, naming conventions aren't even a thing that people even think about. Uh, folder structures, people just, you know, there's copies and multiple copies of things everywhere. Nobody's minding the store when it comes to the data and documents that we have. And I think that is, that's a big, huge problem that if we're ever going to start to use data, like, like Wise talked about, start to use data to drive or inform decisions, whichever way you want to uh, frame it, we're just going to have to get a better grip on that. But I think, you know, the data day for us was probably, well, I, I mean, I mean, us as the collective was probably the most important, but definitely not the didn't seem the most important because data is one of those things under the surface that you're not necessarily seeing where in the classroom stuff, the extracurricular stuff, even the communication, those are all tangible things. And it's usually the tangible visual, visual, visible things where innovations take hold first. When you can't see it and don't, don't see an impact, innovation tends to take longer to, to mature. Uh, so somehow, some way, we're going to have to get a group either at, at individual institutions or as a collective of individuals at different institutions, getting a grip on the information that we have or the data that we have and how we can then turn it into information. I think I said, did I use the words right there at time? 
<laughs> you, yes, at you least too. according yep. to my according to my <laughs> definition, but somebody everybody right. else has a different one. Uh, maybe I learned something this week, so that was good. I yeah. actually did learn lots, dude. I learned new Zoom features this week. Again, I get called the Zoom guru on campus, but just playing with it this week, I learned some stuff. So that was freaking awesome too. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I liked some of the, like the, the things besides zoom again, taking advantage of Facebook, right? If all of your yeah. students are on Facebook, make a Facebook group, right? So there's, there's lots of, lots of, I heard lots of stories of people being opportunistic. And at this point in time for, for this month, this was the best tool for the job run with it. Right. So now I just saw this today again, learning another thing and teaching you all zoom right now as a host, there is a under the more button, uh, I can do li and probably not for you, but as those, I can do live on Facebook and live on YouTube through Zoom. Yep, wow. did it. That's really? Cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, so Mike, for all, all the slack that, or all the slack, pardon the <laughs> the, the pun, pun, not pun, yeah, yes, for, non -pun. For, for all the the flack. There we go. The <laughs> flack that um, Zoom has gotten. I mean, I still don't see a tool that does what we did this week as easily. Um, so. Yeah. Well, and I think Zoom, you know, I mean, th th rightfully so at the beginning. I mean, you know, again, it was a, it was a tool for corporate corporations. It was a tool for sharing. You know, it made some big assumptions about how people are going to use it. People used it in an emergency in ways that the engineers never thought of. And they're like, oh, well, that was an awful idea the way we built that. So we should we should fix it. I, I will say yeah. that they yeah. – Yeah, that was – I could say Zoom – yeah, again, like Zoom bombing is that perfect example. Oh, we didn't realize we made it so easy to join a meeting sure. that now that now somebody can disrupt what the mayor is trying to do. Yeah, kind of disappointed we didn't get Zoom bombed this week. Now I kind of wish I would have had a plant come in and Zoom bomb us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's you know to tag on what you guys said about Zoom and upgrading and adding new things. Facebook did the same thing. They joined that. They had an educational platform right away and that's what i found you make different groups within it these tech companies and there you go the other thing and mike and i have bounced this around on our heads even before this happened i come off with ideas he goes what do you want to see in an lms remember that conversation on the mm -hmm. day mike you know i want to see an attendance taker i want to see you know four or five different applications put together would be a great lms system to carry out and i think that day we had kyle in from canvas yeah and asked about ideas. That was great too, to find out everything. You don't know what behind on your LMS. We're not even using our LMSs to 30 capacity that we could. Zoom bomber, is that you, Alex? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, just got a ding for a Zoom bomber wanting entrance into the room. That's hilarious. Thank nice. you. But but yeah, uh, Elisa um, and, and Alex, we've had this conversation, right? Like there's people who aren't using the email, the Gmail tools like the snooze feature, the filters feature, uh, not using the appointment slots in, cal in Google Calendar. I mean, I think we really just need to dial back, look at the tools we have and make sure that the people understand what they're able to do with those tools. Right. Yep. Before we start introducing more. Yeah, and that's where something like the inbox zero training that we did and yeah. maybe expanding upon that, I could see like a Google productivity training in general like workflow, that would be something a lot of people could use. Well, yeah, and I think too, right, from all this, this this whole week was was meant for a shameless self-promotion of all the dumb ideas I've got floating around there. But like, that's a great idea, Alex. We make that, you know, invite some of the people who are here to be part of our Tech Talk initiative or our Tech Talk initiative, put on something along with the Google developer group, 
and then people kind of see how we're using these things versus just, hey, we're going to talk about this. No, these are some of the ways that you can you can actually make some stuff happen on your campus as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, Mike, if you just introduce, you know, sometimes, you know, just, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, getting back to what you said about Adobe products, right? If, if you if you just go to Google and say, hey, you know what, here's this one button that you probably didn't know was there. Yeah. Here's how you might be able to use this in, uh, in whatever you're doing with Google right now, Google Drive and, and Gmail and Calendar. Here's one more button that you might find useful. And you don't have to change what you're doing. You just add it to your arsenal, right? And that's an easy way for people to, you know, just kind of spoon feed them and, and you know, learn more about the suite rather than just like, here's everything that you can do with it. Just, yeah. you know, introduce it one at a time. Yeah, because again, that's that's one of the issues, right? Everybody's so excited to do onboarding training in your first week and give you everything and expect you to remember where it is when you actually need it. I mean, it just doesn't work like that. Right. So yeah, Alex, yeah. that might be a good idea. Here's the overview of, of, here's what Inbox Zero means and some of the tips and tricks. But then also, hey, you signed up. We're actually going to follow up with a couple other little snippets along the way to reinforce this stuff. It's probably a good idea. Right. And, and, and yeah, and again, doing it around use cases says, oh, in your class next semester, students are going to have to sign up for office hour type things. Okay. Yeah. Calendly, you know, here's, here's our favorite picks of Calendly, blah, 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 for you to do office hour type things. And we recommend these because they make it really easy to do blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I will, I might go learn that Calendly tool now because I know that it's going to provide value versus yeah. saying there's a hundred different tools, figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Well, and, and Keith, I like that rather than saying, Hey, this look at calendaring tools. Right. If I look at that, I'm like, well, that sounds boring. But if it's <laughs> like, Hey, we're going to solve a particular problem. problem. Right. Oh, well, gee, I, that's a big problem. That's a pain in my butt. I'm going to go to this because I, I don't know how they're, what they're going to talk about, but I, I want to solve this problem. Well, but that's a whole sales marketing strategy, right? Like instead of, Hey, do you want to buy a hammer? It's like, no, how about we build something, right? Like, and then the tool becomes a means to an end and not the end itself. And I think that's something where we struggle kind of in academics is we're always trying to sell the, the, the learning as the means instead of what you can actually do with the learning. Right. Right. So Mike, I have one question for you to get kind of, you know, complete the, the round Robin here. What's the most surprising thing to you? I mean, you, you had a vision, right? You, I'm sure you had an idea of what you thought was going to happen over the four days. What's the most surprising thing um, over the four days now that we're done? I'm pretty good at not expecting things because <laughs> nothing ever goes according to plan. So I don't believe in, in too much planning, but I really thought that yesterday was going to be a bigger day in all honesty, talking, or I thought it was going to be a more, the most attended day when we started talking about remote instruction and stuff. And that's probably my fault that it wasn't because when we started getting up to over a hundred people registered for the tournament, uh, tournament, I'm thinking esports because uh, I'm sitting in the wonderful NSCC esports lab. Uh, uh, as we got closer to the summit and the numbers started climbing, I was really thinking, okay, how many people is appropriate for us to, to have a, a good discussion. Keith, you and I actually talked about that. What's a, what's a good target number? So, you know, and I was looking at maybe a 50% uh, attendance rate out of that. And I thought uh, anything more than a hundred was going to start getting dicey. So one of our colleagues said, Hey, I can send this to every K-12 teacher in Northwest Ohio. 
And I was like, yeah, no, let's not do that because I didn't know what that was going to look like. But but I think that day, that student day, I thought there was going to be more faculty on uh, uh, showing up for conversations. Um, but I, I still think that even though the quantity of people wasn't there, you know, thanks to people like Lisa, uh, Amy Drees, uh, Dr. Barris, Clink, um, Kara from Zane State, you know, uh, Dan from uh, North Central State. Uh, there's lots of people in the audience, lots of sharing. And, and I think that was cool. The one thing I think, uh, and I don't know if I thought this beforehand, kind of sort of based on conversations we've had with our peers in other places, like Northwest State, we did a lot of cool stuff. We did a lot of innovative stuff, um, at least innovative in the space of education with regarding how we connected and how we tried to communicate and engage. And, and, and with the amount of um, people like listening to us attentively as we talked about what we did here and thanking us for sharing that, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, us here in the middle of Cornfield, Northwest Ohio, we honestly did some pretty cool stuff that I think is going to lead to a better experience for, for our learners, no matter what modality they, they attend in going forward. Yep. Yeah, that was sort of one of my results as we were wrapping up. It's like, man, there's lots of good stuff in, embedded in the video. People won't watch all the video. So who can go through and start to comb through? Of like, here's the 20 best things that we actually tried, and here's why they worked and how they worked. Yeah. And, you know, write them down somewhere so that some other people can find them some other ways. Yeah, Keith, I think that's a great idea. I mean, if we could, you know, Mike, if we could – you know, whatever, as a team, I know we got, you know, we got some sponsorship for post-production and, and maybe that's part of the post-production piece is to, is to curate, you know, some of this stuff and then collate that into and more easily, you know, easily searchable and accessible, you know, kind of thing. There's a lot of great links going on, different systems, yeah. ideas about doing this, that, and the other thing, LMSs, tools, whatever it would be. And then kind of, you know, again, along with the podcast, along with the video, you know, get some written content out there and some, you know, just basically have a kind of a resource bank for people. I think that'd be a great idea. Yeah. So probably first step is going to be transcripts of all the videos yep. and then just share those things out with you guys. We'll do it through Google docs so we can all comment, yep. collaborate, uh, and then just start parsing things out. I really, I really think that there's an opportunity. Um, people are hungry for this type of information they're hungry to continue i think some of the the connections and sharing that that went on this week so definitely going to put out a survey and i'd be interested to hear from you guys you know from your side of what things we might be able to offer in a zoom workshop for people to um build up towards the semester i'm, I'm legitimately going to do at least a one week remote instruction boot camp over august uh more so for myself than anybody else. If nobody shows up, I'll just end up working out, working on some of my stuff. But if other people show up, I love helping other people with this stuff because it gives me ideas for my own, my own content, my own classes. I mean, well, Mike, I think that's the next, the next step, right? I mean, this was great for sharing, right? And, um, you know, kind of, you know, going back and forth, saying what we did, what other people did, what worked, what didn't work. But yeah, I think that, you know, to keep momentum going and to get the most value out of this, right? come up, get that, you know, collate the best ideas and, and essentially have an opinion, right? Yeah. And because this was the other thing that people want. I mean, it's great to listen. And it's great to hear what other people did and tried, but everybody's going back to school in the fall. And I think a lot of people are looking for some guidance, you know, and, and I think that moving the, you know, finding, you know, the people that want to contribute and, and starting to build that community of practice and then being able to share that out to, to others is, 
would be a great way to keep the momentum going on this. And, and you and I both know from experience in education space, even if you introduce a new way of doing things that's better, when things get stressful, people always revert back to what they did before. Yep. Um, even if it's not necessarily, even if it's just a comfort thing. Um, and I got to, I, I, I got to go under the assumption that flu season is going to be when this thing has the most potential for, for being crazy again, or, or potentially like telling us to stay home for a week or two or three. Um, so crazy, crazy data point um, from the student thing. We got an email yesterday from Ohio state. They're just going to go back in the fall. hundred percent. Full bore. Yeah. But they're shortening their academic calendar. Are they? Is that, they are, so, I believe they are stopping at Thanksgiving because they are more worried about the Thanksgiving going home for the Thanksgiving break and the but, 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 but again, like so much of our system in education is based on stuff we did a hundred years ago. Like that's a phenomenon. Why send them home for three days just to come back? Just end it there. Maybe go into the summer a little bit more. Whatever. Who cares? I mean, like. We really just need to think about these things that we do just to take for granted. Yeah. I had a meeting with Kirsten's doctor today. It's funny that you said that, Eric. And I asked her, I says, what do you think is going to happen? She goes, Lisa, there's going to be a flare-up in the fall. It's the flu. Virus hates the, the heat. Come fall, you're going to have the flu in this. Hopefully it's not as a blown up it is. She goes, but everybody is going to prepare for three different stages pretty much. And you can implement it. So all the way back, halfway back, all the way at home. So if you have yeah. to from one to the other. So. Yeah, I, I think, I, Mike, I think you're right. We're going to start in one way and, and Lisa, the same thing, right? And it's going to end, the semester is going to end in some other way. I, I don't know what that is. But. Yeah, I mean, what if this thing flared up over Thanksgiving? I mean, you only, we only have two weeks after that or three weeks, whatever. Like, what do you <laughs> – Well, worst case is it flares up before Thanksgiving, and then they just send everybody home. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there's all kinds of logistical problems that don't even have anything to do with, with instruction. But it's going to be interesting. That was the first communication. I think Ohio State's going to get some pushback from parents. Um, you know, because, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to keep 60,000 kids apart from each other when they live on little tiny cruise ship like <sighs> you know, cubicles. So, yeah. but anyway, that's a, that's a whole different right. thing, but it is going to affect, I mean, the way it relates back to this, it's going to affect somehow the way courses are taught. They're probably going to change midstream again. And so hopefully well, everybody's and, ready. And, and the thing that I don't want us to lose sight of, right? Ward, you and I have said this, the best of online, the best of face-to-face, -face, if we learn lessons here and apply them going forward, I don't care about, I mean, okay, take the, I don't care about COVID, I don't care about anything else, but I can reach more learners if we do remote effectively. I can reach the farthest corners of our service district if we actually think about how we can take the best of both these modalities and come up with something creative that works for more people. That's really the bottom line, right? I mean, it's always going to be something and most of the time it's going to be nothing. Let's do something that works for that response. Right. Hey, it's responsive hey, learning. There you go. Yep. <laughs> yep. And again, the, the, the pandemic has got businesses thinking the same thing, right? It's like, Oh, right. I thought that 
so, some companies thought remote was perfect and other ones thought in person was the only way to go. And now they're right there. They're looking at it more critically and saying, okay, what's, what's the right mix of them. Right. So again, you know, and across society as well, like what's the best place to have a family or what's the best way to have a family reunion. Okay. It's, you know, we had a default way that we've been doing it for a couple hundred years. Okay. We're gonna have to rethink, rethink what it means to have a family reunion. Mm -hmm. But when this all comes into play, the two things we got to think about first is accessibility and technology. Yeah. It's the second wave. And we, we heard this many times this week, guys. Yeah. There's no excuse for people not to have good internet. I mean, I don't care. Like that's, that's just, that's, that's it. That has to be the first thing on the headline because without that, we can't go forward with anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, yeah, that's gotta be a kind of a baseline piece of infrastructure, right? It should be. I mean, if, if we're telling people that remote has to be part of your delivery model, right. Right. It'd yeah, be the same as being like to say you had to order your groceries over phone but you don't, but half the people don't have phones. I mean, same, same thing. Yeah, there's no road to get to work, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can live anywhere you want, but all the jobs are over here, but there aren't any roads from where you live to where the jobs are. Well then mm -hmm. that's, that's not, that's not an accurate, even if that's what you want the future to be, that's not, that's not going to happen. So, yeah. That's a starting point. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't build a house on without a foundation, right, Lisa? <laughs> not a very not one that's going to step for a very long. Not a very good one. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, not a very good one. Yeah. And we all need to get better at using our hammers and saws, right? So. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right, there we go. We got the hammer. Yes. So, cool. Well, I don't know, Mike. Anything else? Seemed like a great week. Yeah. Um, great group of people, and you know. Thanks, Alex and Lisa and Keith for joining us on the on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun this week. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, like we talked about keeping things going, um, you know, continuing to build this community a little bit. And like we always say, Mike, we got to find, just got to find your tribe, right? You got to find yeah. the people that care about this and care about moving it forward. And, and Lisa, it's like you said, right? Find those, those, you know, kindred spirits to keep doing this and spreading the word. So yeah, we're, we're not going to be able to drag people to this. We just got to keep doing cool stuff and people will glom on. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Great. Well, thanks everybody. Um, Thank you, Mr. Ward. You bet. Yeah. All right. It was fun. Let's, next. let's do it again next week. <laughs> <laughs> Take care guys. And Thank girl. You.